Welcome to Tap the Craft, an informational podcast about craft beer targeting the everyday beer drinker. My name is Denny Luce, and joining me tonight is my co-host and drinking buddy, John Ream. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm a little slow. I'm uh, re- recovering from a winter beer festival yesterday and then celebrating Ohio State's absolute thrashing of Wisconsin. So. That, that was a thrashing. <laughs> I, I have to hand it to you. And not only did they thrash them, they moved right up into the playoffs. So That's right. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting... It could be an interesting year for us since my Ducks also made it into the playoffs. We won't be seeing each other right away, but uh, if we both win our games, we may be seeing each other in a championship game for the very first NCAA football playoff championship. Good luck to those Buckeyes. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll take it. I don't, I'm not going to offer you luck at all. No. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Poor sportsmanship all around. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> nope. I, I'm a good sport, so... I'll, I'll I'll do it for both of us. No. I I will say I, I I told you I, I was didn't want your ducks to win because I thought Ohio State would need a lot of help to get in, but turns out that wasn't the case. So I'm happy you guys <laughs> also uh, put a beating on Arizona. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't a pretty game. Although I do have to hand it to our defense; they really stepped it up and played well. But it's not wasn't the prettiest of games. The offense kind of struggled a bit at times. But hey, you know what? We made it to the to the playoffs, and it's kind of a a weird thing because if the playoffs didn't occur, we would have gone to the national championship again this year for sure because we're number two. But it's okay. We'll play it out. Yeah. Play it out. All right. Well, hey, let's get on with the show. This is Tap to Craft, and we are a craft beer knowledge or education show. When we, John and I, we are uh, craft beer enthusiasts. What that means is, hey, we love drinking craft beer. We love talking about craft beer and learning about craft beer. And we want to help you guys all become craft beer enthusiasts or, you know, also and get into this hobby. And I want to make sure you guys know, hey, we're not experts. We are just uh, passionate about the beer. So sometimes we may say things that aren't 100% true. No worries. Just go ahead and write into us and let us know that we made a mistake and we'll discuss it. One other thing we Go about this show, we talk about it in layman terms, meaning, hey, we're not going to talk too much above your head. We're going to talk to you in common speak so that you don't feel like you have to be a professor of beerology to be able to understand what's going on here. So, hey, sit back, grab a beer, and just enjoy yourself. We encourage our listeners to write into the show, and we want you to provide your experiences and your knowledge to make the show better and ask questions that you want answered. And as you'll see as we go through this show, this show is, is pretty much, to, this episode is dedicated to listener questions. So, hey, we do really encourage all of you guys to write in to talk about craft beer. Please, anyone out there that is enjoying what we do, could you please take a few minutes and just leave an iTunes review for us on, on iTunes? Just search Tap the Craft. And uh, if you like it, give us a star rating and just let other people know what do you like about what John and I do? Because we just want to make sure this show can get out to more people. And the way to do that is to get, you know, get reviews and get it noticed on iTunes. So if you guys could do that, be great. Well, this is episode 10 and we're recording on Sunday, December 7th, 2014. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing listener questions. And some of these questions are concerning hops used in beers, such as wet and fresh hop beers and also some techniques of hop bursting and dry hopping of a beer. We're also going to discuss a question 
that was concerning the dietary beer cleansing. Uh, also for our Brew Buzz segment, we are going to dis- discuss beer cocktails. And again, brought to you by a listener. All right, John. Hey, it's happy hour, and a craft beer show wouldn't be much of a show if we didn't drink some beer. So what is in your glass tonight? So tonight I am drinking a Sam Adams Merrymaker. It's a gingerbread stout. Uh, it's 9%. Uh, it's got cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and ginger in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very thick, uh, like molasses on your tongue. Um, and the spicing level is, is very pleasant. It's not, not overbearing at all. So if you see it, I'd, I'd recommend picking it up. It's perfect holiday beer. So, Oh, yeah. It's a good one. I've had a few of those. Not this year yet, but I had them uh, last year. They're, they're pretty good. All right. Well, hey. That's uh, that's a, almost like a complete op. Well, I wouldn't say complete opposite, but it's it's kind of on the other side of the spectrum than what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a local Payette Brewing Company beer right here out of Boise, Idaho, and it's called the Rodeo Rye Pale L. It's a, a session ale, pretty much. It's four percent, so it's kind of lighter on the alcohol. It has that nice rye little spiciness to it, and it's very smooth, and, and it's not too. Uh, you know, it's not too much in your face. It's kind of just a real nice, easy drinking beer that you can definitely drink a few of these pretty easily. John, do you like uh, rye beers? I do. Uh, yeah, there's a brewery out here, uh, Rubens Brews, that does absolutely phenomenal uh, rye beers. Uh, they do it in all kinds of different styles. And they, mm-hmm. they just execute it flawlessly. So oh, nice. they're my go-to for, for rye beer. Okay. Nice. I, I remember having a, a Rubens beer. Actually, it's Rubens Brew, and that's why I, I, I really like the name. It's kind of different than the normal. It's it's Rubens Brew, right? Yeah, Rubens Brews. He named it after okay. his son. Okay. Uh, Ruben, so. yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty unique because most companies you know, name it brewery or brewing, and he just says brews, and I like that. It's kind of personal. Uh, last episode, we recorded and released on Thanksgiving Day, but you know what? We forgot to... Thank you guys for listening and to give us our, what we are thankful for. And so I just wanted to say, hey, thank you guys all for listening. And I hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving. And John, did, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. Got to spend it with some family, um, which is always, always good, especially now that we're far away. So I always look forward to that. Okay. Did you, have, you guys had it at your place? Uh, my mother-in-law's and then I traveled to to see my family a bit so oh, okay good all right so did you have uh did you double up on a turkey then uh, no no uh time with my family was not thanksgiving centric i i missed the technical holiday but oh know. okay <laughs> okay well i don't know sometimes families will either postpone or have early thanksgiving dinners if they know certain family members are going to be able to make it so i didn't know if they decided to hook you up with a second thanksgiving dinner Nah, I'm not that important. Okay. <laughs> All right. No problem. No problem. Okay. Well, hey, let's get into right into some listener questions. And the first question, well, actually, there's two questions. I'll just mention them both right now, and then I'll let John start in on, on answering some of these questions. But the first one is from David Yojimbo2000 on Twitter. And he says, I see beers that are wet hopped and others that are dry hopped. Fresh versus dried, but how does this affect the flavor and et cetera? And in the same, uh, and then after that Twitter question, shortly 
After that, we got another one from Ben Shanir. He said he had a light IPA recently with a strong hops due to hop bursting. And he's asking, what's that? What's hop bursting? So, John, since you are our brewing expert, can you hit these, uh, you know, hit us up with some some beer knowledge on these two questions? I can. And I'm just going to put a disclaimer right now that there's a good chance I start geeking out and I'm going to try really hard to rein myself in and just answer the question. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, so full disclaimer if I suddenly go off the rails. So, uh, wet hop, uh, dry hop, and hop bursting. Uh, that is basically a style of beer and then two like hopping techniques. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wet hop beers are brewed. Uh, every year around the hop harvest, which would be in August and September. Uh, and these beers are made with hops just straight off the bind uh, that are picked and just sent immediately to the brewer so that they can they can brew with them. Uh, and here in Washington, uh, you probably have some of this in Idaho as well, where the the brewers literally are have, have these hops picked, put in a truck, and driven to where they're already in process with the with the brewing day and they get there just in time to throw it right in the boil kettle. So it's Mm. literally hours since they've been picked. Wow. Um, so traditionally hops that are harvested would go through a drying process. Uh, some will be, uh, pelletized. Um, and this, these processes allow the hops to, to be more stable and last longer. Um, so, by, by drying it, you're removing all that, that water and moisture from the hop. So when brewers are uh, wet hopping these beers, they, they haven't been processed at all, and so they're still holding on to all that, that moisture. So they'll end up using, I've seen five to eight times as many hops uh, by weight uh, as they normally would uh, for, for a beer. Uh, <clears throat> and because of that, it's, it adds a lot more hop matter and so sometimes these beers, in addition to the, the normal hop character like pine and citrus and all of that, it c- can also be kind of uh, grassy or mm-hmm. vegetal, um, which is a very hit and miss uh, character for a lot of people. Some people enjoy you know, a grassy IPA. Uh, others uh, don't at all. Um, <laughs> per- personally, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, in light doses, I can find it pleasant, but uh, things that are over the top, I te- I personally uh, don't enjoy. Um, but so it's a little late now for getting a good fr- fresh wet hot beer or fresh hot beer. It's sometimes referred to it's referred to both ways. Um, but next, you know, September October time frame, mm-hmm. if you see them on the shelf. Definitely pick them up. Uh, they can it can be really interesting uh, what they can get out of the hops just immediately when they've been picked. So yeah, there there's quite a few very good wet hop beers. Sierra Nevada has a great one that, like John said, was just released within the last couple months. So you may still be able to find a bottle on the shelf. It's called their hop. It's like their uh, Northern Hemisphere hop. Harvest, I think, or they have, yeah, I think it's that, that's one of them, I think. And then, right, they'll do another one in about six months that's the southern hemisphere, and that's using hops from like New Zealand and Australia. Okay, okay, so, so they have that one. Uh, Deschutes does one called uh, I just had I just had it before I talked, and I just forgot what it was. It's uh, 
Oh, well, that just blew that kind of uh, thing. But they, <laughs> the shoots have another one that's really good. All right, go ahead, John. All right. So the the next thing, uh, so dry hopping, which was brought up with the along with the wet hopping. <clears throat> so dry hopping is a technique that has nothing to do with the wetness of the hop. You know, despite its name, I think most of the time we've talked about things. We say, well, it's this, which is exactly what it sounds like. So dry hopping is not really what it sounds like, I guess. Um, dry hopping is, is a process that brewers add hops uh, either during or after uh, the fermentation of the beer. So rather than putting it into the boil kettle where you'll get bitterness and flavor and aroma depending on what time you put it in, it's it's put into uh, the fermenter or after the fermenter. Some, some breweries will actually dry hop in the kegs that they ship out uh, to bars. Beers uh, can be dry hopped with, you know, f- wet or fresh hops uh, or hops that have been through traditional uh, processing. It's just whatever the uh, whatever the, the form of the hop is, it can be used at that time uh, to dry hop a beer. And uh, the reason that uh, brewers would would dry hop is to get more aroma and uh, some flavor. Uh, it some of that uh, that aroma and flavor that you get during the boil kettle can be lost uh, while the yeast kind of do their thing. And so adding it back in can give you uh, a really strong uh, aroma and flavor. And most IPAs and pale ales are dry hop now. Uh, not all of them will say that on the label. The majority of those beers that you're getting that just have real intense hop character will be dry hopped with some some form of hops. Uh, a lot of the beers that say dry hopped on them, it's either because that, that could be a special version of one of their uh, you know year-long beers, uh, or it's just it's something that they did a long time ago to distinguish themselves in the market, and it's just kind of stuck you know nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a lot of brewer- breweries use that uh, just as a standard term. Um, on the bottle uh, very often anymore. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I'm seeing it added now to non-traditionally dry hop beers like stouts and right, yeah. and, and things that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be uh, dry hopped. And it's it's kind of interesting. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, people were really trying a lot of different things with beer. And, and I think one of them is to, to throw in some dry hopping into a, a stout or a porter or, uh, you know, some other beer, you know, a, a pilsner, you know, even, I mean, things that you wouldn't right. expect to have that type of, of flavor. Yeah. And, you know, hops are big right now. And a lot of that's driven by the IPA insanity that's going on over the last few years. And I think brewers are just looking to put hops in anything to, uh, you know, get, get a few eyes on their brewery. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of takes us into to hop bursting, which is something that's really come around in the last few years during this big IPA craze. Uh, so I mentioned uh, in the dry hopping, traditionally, you know, beers are, are hopped uh, during the boil. Uh, and in the beginning of the boil, you'll get bitterness. Towards the middle, you'll get uh, more flavor. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, uh, you get your aroma. Uh, this just because the longer a hop is in in the beer 
while it's boiling, you get more bitterness, and the, and the longer it is, you get less flavor and less aroma. Uh, so what hop bursting does is you take away some of your hops from your what would be your bittering addition of hops at the, the beginning of the boil, and you you know double or triple that amount that you would have put early on, and you add it from maybe 25 minutes and 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 less to go in your boil. And what that does is it allows you to get that same level of bitterness, even though the uh, the hops aren't in for as long because you're adding more. And because you're adding more, you get a lot more flavor and aroma. Hmm. Uh, so uh, this has been uh, a technique that started being used to just try to blow the doors off uh, these IPAs with you know hop flavor and aroma because you're you're getting that same level of bitterness that you want, but you're you're using uh, all these extra hops to get more flavor and aroma the downside for the brewery is that it costs more money yeah, yeah. hops are expensive <laughs> but the good thing about being for craft beer is that most brewers are looking for the quality not the dollars and cents of it mm-hmm. um they understand that you know it's it's an art to yeah. <laughs> to a certain degree so 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 how much in general how much more hops is needed doing hop bursting than it would if you did a traditional hop uh, addition in the beginning is it is it twice as much or is it three times as much? I think two to three times is usually what you'll see. It depends on how long those hops will be in the boil. Okay. You know, the shorter they are, the more you're going to need mm-hmm. um, to get the same bitterness levels. Um, but usually, I think two to three times is is kind of the ballpark there. Okay. Okay. Now, one thing that I that when we brewed our beer together, John, what was surprised me was that when we when we did our five-gallon brew thing, the amount of hops we put in there was like a tablespoon, it seemed like. <laughs> it, was like so, <laughs> it was so small. So hop bursting could be something that – is it something that a home brewer could do pretty easily since the amount of hops is so small for the amount of batch that you could actually throw in, you know, a half a pound of hops and, and really burst it, burst it out? Or is it not something that the home brewer could do? Oh yeah, it's something that the, it's a lot easier for the home brewer to do because yeah. it costs you know five to ten dollars extra instead of hundreds of dollars extra yeah. for us to to do that in our in our brews. Um, but I, I take advantage of that uh, technique in a couple of my IPA recipes. Um, so uh, the beer that we did was a more malt and yeah. yeast focused beer, so that's why we didn't have very much hops <laughs> uh, in there at all. Uh, but if we had done an IPA, we would have been using probably 10 to 15 times the amount of hops oh, okay. that we did in our beer. So Okay. All right. Next time, let's do something hoppy so I can see what a traditional hoppy beer amount of hops is. Because I was when you showed me what we put in there, I was like, what? That's it? That's, that's all the hops I get? So it was really – it shocked me it was that small. All right. Noted. We will do that next time. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, hey, hey, John, you didn't geek out that bad. That was you kept it under control. All right, good. Are you done? I, I was, Are you done? I was trying it? really hard. Okay. <laughs> okay, you did good. I, I, I honestly had never heard of hop bursting before, so I was really curious about that technique. And now, both Ben and I are now educated, and when we hear such terms, we'll be able to know exactly what they're talking about. 
Yeah, so and and hot bursting is another one of those things that it's exactly what it sounds like. You throw it in big bursts of hops towards the end, and it's supposed to give you a big burst of hop character. So yeah, it's it's a little more it's a little easier to digest than than dry hopping. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know when I first when I first saw the name hop bursting, I I was think I was thinking like almost like hop injecting or something, right? Where you're you got some special mechanism that is like injecting hops into the beer but it wasn't quite so scientific you know uh space age there it was more just just doubling tripling the hops so there are devices that kind of do something like that and we can talk about that another day okay (laughs) i look i look forward to it all right excellent well hey hopefully sponge bobbies and ben no no that was Joe Jimbo, wasn't it? David. Yes. David and Ben, we answered your question. I don't want to mess up on who asked these questions. And if we didn't, you have more questions, hey, don't hesitate to ask. We're here to to fill you in on all the, the scoop of all this hop stuff because both John and I are hop heads, so we love, we love hoppy things. All right. The next question comes from Harold at Skytire on Twitter, and he asked this question. Hey, is there such a thing as a beer cleanse? And it's kind of funny because this question was um, – it was actually brought to our attention because he had made a comment on someone else's photo of a glass of liquid that looked like it was a pretty unfiltered glass of mason jar full of beer. And he said, wow, what's, what's that kind of beer? And the guy said, that's not beer. That is a, a cleanse, like a uh, – what do they call that? A juicing or a cleansing diet where you all you eat is – you drink, you know, you drink like pepper uh, water or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I'm with him though. I thought it looked like beer too. Yeah, it did look like beer. <laughs> so I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. And I wanted to kind of find out, hey, is there such a thing as a beer cleanse besides, you know, getting cleansed from a beer that that may have been, uh, you know, had some other stuff done to it? And I was amazed to find out that yes, in a way, you could do a beer cleanse. And someone actually did one. Men's Health Magazine had an article on a guy who did a 46-day beer fast. He ate nothing and only drank water, and also he drank a special recipe Doppelbach beer. And this diet is actually similar to what the German monks in the 16th century did during Lent, the Lenten season, and it's called, they kind of call it you know, the liquid bread diet. What this guy did is he drank four beers a day during the weekdays, and he drank five beers a day over the weekends and and water. That's all he did. He drank one before he went to work, uh, one during lunch, one when we got home, and then one later on. So it was basically four 12-ounce bottles of beer. And then on, on weekends, he did the same thing, but he added an extra, an extra bottle in there. And uh, the beer he chose, again, it was a Doppelbach, and he – he had it brewed up specially from an, I think it was an Iowa brewery, uh, and it's an unfiltered Doppelbach style because it retains a lot of the yeast and it has uh, B-complex vitamins that makes it actually healthy and, and kind of nutritious with about 288 calories per 12-ounce beer. So you can figure that if he drank four of those, you know, it's it's just – it's about 1,000, 1,100 I mean, I'm not doing math very well today, but it's probably about, you know, under 1,200 calories a day, which isn't too bad if you think about, you know, calories. Uh, he did say that he, at the end of the 46 days, he did lose 20, I think it was 20 pounds, 
20, 25 pounds. So that's quite a bit of weight loss. Uh, you know, so don't do this, uh, you know, don't do this willy nilly. You got to be pre- prepared for it because it could actually cause some health problems. But uh, I was amazed that that there was actually a diet that you could live off of beer alone for 46 days. So Bon Appetit magazine suggests drinking a stout for detoxing purposes because they boast heart-healthy antioxidant properties called flavonoids. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, amazing that I got that out. So, hey, if you're going to do this detox thing, if you don't, you know, maybe you can mix it up with a Doppelbach and a, a stout, you know, for their benefits. I also found an article uh, on Natural News Online magazine that uh, says beer in moderation has a has some additional uh, cleansing benefits. For one, it contains fiber, which helps with the digestive colon cleansing. So there you go. You want to cleanse out your system? Beer can do it. The fiber in the beer can actually help cleanse out your colon, which is what you want to do. And it's also, as we know from drinking too much beer, if you drink too much, it's, it's also a diuretic, which makes you go pee, and that helps cleanse the kidneys, and that reduces kidney stone builders, you know, the things in your in your kidneys that will uh, will clump up and get kidney stones. So, hey, there's two other reasons why it's not, un, you know, you can actually use beer in your cleansing plan if if you so choose to to oh yeah i am all about drinking beer if i don't have to pass a kidney stone yeah (laughs) yeah so you know that's why i haven't had any kidney stones because i'm always peeing from all the beer so and water i drink beer and water so but hey you know what it's not all good there's there are some side effects that can occur when you have beer that has either been processed in an unclean environment or it's being uh, delivered to you in an unclean environment, such as in tap lines where uh, yeast, mold, and bacteria can cause unexpected digestive cleansing effect, you know, which, which means you drink a couple beers and in an hour or two you're uh, on the toilet getting rid of that beer real quick because uh, it's just gone right through your system. Uh, John, do you have any, uh, I mean, as far as the, on the brewing side, I know that when we brewed, you were very, very good at making sure all the utensils were cleaned, all the lines were cleaned properly. We used, you know, we did the best to keep everything clean and keep the bad bacteria out. Do you have any, uh, anything you could provide as far as, as the, you know, what can, what can happen if you have bad bacteria in your, in your, in the brewing process? Uh, yeah, you, you pretty much summed it up. You're going to have a very, uh, unpleasant time in the restroom. Uh, but you know, <clears throat> when you're out drinking, uh, dirty tap lines are, can be one of the easiest things to pick up, mm. uh, especially if you're very familiar with the beer that you are trying to order. Uh, it, it will taste dirty. It could be like fruity or just, uh, kind of nat, just nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't hesitate in saying, Hey, this doesn't taste right. Uh, I want something else or yeah. are your, you know, ask them, you know, are your lines clean? Is this, this doesn't taste how it should. So, um, but do it in a respectful manner. Don't like yell at them and you know, <laughs> this, uh, they, they're hopefully doing their best to deliver you a good product. And if you're, you know, respectful to them, they will hopefully be respectful back and, and take care of it with, uh, without causing a scene. So, um, but yeah, I, 
in terms of being out, that that'd be my suggestion. If something tastes off, uh, don't keep drinking it. Yeah. Um, get get something else and 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 tell them uh, so that they can take care of it and nobody else has to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. The the one nice thing though is you it's going to be temporary. You're going to get that out of your system and it's going to be gone. It's not going to be something like E. coli. I mean, hopefully it's not going to be go to coli because nothing in the beer is going to be, uh, you know, should be producing E. coli and stuff. But uh, <laughs> but I, I guess I don't want to say it couldn't happen. I'm suppose, I am I guess it could if, if all of a sudden somebody ran some, uh, I don't know, some toilet water through your beer lines or something. I guess it could happen. But the, the good the good news. I don't want to go to that bar. Yeah, I agree. I I'll just say that the, for the most part, if you do get some bacteria, you know, some some yeast that uh, that built up that wasn't what you what was designed to be in the beer, or the bacteria that was that got in there wasn't the bacteria that's supposed to be there. It's a short lived incident. You know, you have a, a you know have an hour or so of discomfort, and then after that, hopefully, it's gone, and you don't have to worry about it. All right, Harold, I hope that answered your question. I know that you were uh, kind of joking around a little bit, but hey, we took you serious, and now you have some actual craft beer knowledge to uh, to tell all your friends. Okay, it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. And uh, the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, again, we're, gonna, we're doing a, a topic from a listener question, and it's concerning beer cocktails. And this Brew Buzz segment was inspired by our good friend of the show, uh, TPS Sponge on Twitter, also known as Chew Your Beer and Sponge Bobbies. And he asked the question, I enjoy black and tans. Do you? Are there any other ways to enjoy two different types of beer together? And uh, I'm going to answer this. Yes, I do enjoy black and tans. And yes, there are many ways to enjoy mixing beer with other beers and with other ingredients. John, how about you? Do you actually enjoy black and tans? It has been a very long time since I've had a black and tan. I don't remember being upset about it, but mm-hmm. I also don't remember it you know, being my new favorite drink, because <laughs> otherwise I'd still be doing it. Um, but I'm, I'm actually just as interested as the listeners for this, because okay. I'm not... Uh, a beer cocktail aficionado. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some ways I can use my beer. Well, you know what, John, and you're in the right place because I am a beer cocktail aficionado. If I said that right. And, uh, this, this is the season for beer cocktails, you know, coming right into the, uh, Christmas season. Why not? I mean, there's lots of seasons. I mean, I guess all the seasons are good for beer cocktails. As you'll see, as I go through these lists of different beers, there's cocktails for for every month of the year. Some that are better during the summer months and some that are nice during the winter months. So, hey, go ahead and uh, jot these down and be prepared for a year-long uh, enjoyment of different kinds of beer cocktails. So, beer cocktails are drinks made with beer and a variety of other ingredients. They can be fun to try, and they I often use beers that on their own – I don't really appreciate drinking. So I'm not saying you have to use bad beer, good beers. A lot of these beer cocktails actually have very good beer, and they make especially beer blends. Beer blends, which we're going to talk about in a minute, are are typically better when you have two good beers. But 
if you're going to add some other ingredient besides beer into a beer, then hey, you know what? You don't have to use top-of-the-line beer because what's going to happen is that beer is going to change flavor when you add the other ingredient in there. So just keep that in mind. I'm going to split beer cocktails into several different categories. I'm going to uh, One category we're going to talk tonight is beer blends, and another category we're going to also mention is beer mixers. The two other type of uh, categories are just regular beer cocktails and beer desserts. Those we'll save for another episode because I don't want to get too long because the content I have for this segment is uh, is already lengthy uh, as it, on its own. So we'll go ahead and, and get right into beer blends. And just like it sounds, you mix two or more beers together to create a new flavor or even a new unique beer altogether. And this is uh, this can be you know basically you can blend any beers, but what's interesting is a lot of good breweries, especially breweries that are doing barrel aging beers and also some sour beers, um, they do beer blends before you even get the beer, right? They'll do this beer blending uh, in the brewery to create unique beers from two different beers. Uh, so not only can this be done at home on your own just for experimenting, but hey, breweries do it all the time. Look at a bottle and if it's if it shows that you know it's 25% this beer, 75% this, you know, most of them are going to be you'll see a lot of those barrel aging beers. You know, they're going to have a portion of the beer that was barrel aged and a portion that was was not barrel aged. So just keep that in mind. Uh, the most well known of these beer blends is called the Black and Tan, as SpongeBobby's mentioned, and which is uh, part stout or porter and part pale ale. And the most common beers to blend, and actually the original black and tan, is a Guinness Extra Stout mixed with a, a Bass Pell Ale. And uh, reality is, is, is typically these are like a 50-50 blend. So if you have whatever equal amounts of each beer, and there's a technique where when you do, uh, I guess it's called like what, layering maybe, or... Uh, you pour one beer in and you layer the other beer on top of that beer. So you actually see two beers. You have a light pale ale on the bottom and you, you kind of – is that right? The light pale on the bottom? I think it is. And and then you, you use a uh, – Use my, a, your little turtle. That's a, like an upside-down spoon. Yeah, upside-down <laughs> – exactly. You use an upside-down spoon and you pour the other beer so that the, the spoon, it kind of deflects the beer and doesn't – mix it and it layers it right on top so it's like a two-layer beer thing and that's what a black and tan is it's just a stout and pale ale and they're they're pretty good you can order a black and tan if you go to any irish pub uh you can say black and tan and they'll they'll fix you up a black and tan most irish pubs will have guinness and they'll have bass on tap so you'll be pretty lucky there's variants of the black and tan. There, you know, you can have black and tan. You can also have what's called a black and orange, which is a stout and a pumpkin ale, uh, which is which is also very you know very nice. You know, the the nice dark roasted malts of the stout along with the more spicy uh, notes from the uh, the pumpkin ale. Uh, you can also have what they call the evil Santa, which is a stout and a Christmas ale. Same thing, right? It's almost they're almost identical, but you might have a few different spices in the Christmas ale than you would in the uh, in the uh, pumpkin ale, or a lot of the same spices, but with a different focus on what's going to take True. the stage. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. So th- those are, the, you know, those are probably some of the more uh, famous blends. If if you're going to do it yourself at home or at a bar, uh, there's other blends. And uh, some of these I've I've had, and some of them I haven't. But I'll go ahead and name them so you guys can just try them on your own if you if you want. One of them's called the Imperial Overload. This is a 50-50 mix of an Imperial IPA and an Imperial Stout. Now, wow, two strong beers, right? Both those beers are going to be high-gravity beers, and you're going to mix a hoppy pale with a you know with a very uh, malty, strong, burnt stout, right? It's I mean that sounds pretty good. I and I have had that, and it's, it's pretty good. It's like you're creating an Imperial Black IPA just on the fly. Yeah. Yeah, the kind I really like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with all that roast. <laughs> yeah, there's also there's also a raspberry cheesecake, and this is a fifty fifty frambois. How do you say that frambois? Fram- I think it's frambois. Frambois, which is a fruit, it's like like a fruit lambic beer, right? It's raspberries. Or ra- oh, it's raspberries. Yeah, I believe that. I think I think frambois might mean raspberry. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. So somebody, a, somebody will correct us on this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not familiar because I don't. This is a little too sweet for me. I don't really do the framboise or the lambic beers because they're a little bit too sweet for me. Uh, but you you mix the framboise, whatever it was, whatever John said, and chocolate stout. <laughs> it sounds good though, right? Although, you know, maybe the chocolate. And the sweetness might be a little too sweet for me, but if, you know, I, I might try that. That sounds good. Maybe next time I get a, you know, I, I have someone get a, a framboise, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get a chocolate stout too. There's the dark dog. Uh, this is a, a mix of, this is, a, this is using beers from dogfish head, uh, the 90 minute IPA. And, uh, you, then you drop a shot of uh, Worldwide Stout, which is their very, very strong 14% stout. And then you, you watch it swirl in the beer. This, uh, this one pains me. I can't imagine doing anything to a 90-minute IPA. It's just so good by itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's hard because, for one thing, those are expensive beers, and it's yeah. hard to come, you know, especially in our area, it's hard to come buy them. And, I, you know, getting a Worldwide Stout, those are pretty expensive. I've had that on ta- tap from the Dogfish Head pub over in Virginia. Uh, and that is a freaking strong, boozy stout. <laughs> have you had that yeah. one before? Uh, yeah, I have. But uh, I'll, I'll just say I'm doing this one on somebody else's tab. Okay. <laughs> that sounds that's not a good idea. Then there's one that is fantastic. And I know John has had these, and I've had them. Oh, yes. Uh, it's <laughs> called the Snickers Bar. And this is taking beers from Rogue Brewing. A rogue ale house, I guess. What do they call it? Rogue ales? Rogue ales. Rogue ales, yeah. Uh, and it's taking 50-50 blend of rogue chocolate stout and hazelnut nectar, which is their uh, their brown ale. Uh, both those beers are fantastic on their own, but then we mix them together, it's it's like heaven. It is super, super good. So the Snicker Bars, remember that. Yeah, this is my wife's uh, favorite uh, anytime we go to a rogue uh public house Mm -hmm. Uh, she'll order this instantly and then decide if she wants to venture out into something (laughs) different you know what and i understand if you really like something and you can't you you can't get it unless you go visit some place that you don't visit very often and you tend to order your favorite first that's what i do too i go to thai food 
And even though there's tons of good Thai food, I tend to always levitate, gravitate towards, uh, you know, my favorite curry, which is the Penang curry. And I just, I always go to that because it's just, it's my favorite. And then if I want something else, I'll add something else to the menu, but got to go for your, your favorite. Yeah. You got to make sure you're taken care of, you know, so (laughs) the next one is called the old crusty bastard. And this is, yeah, I would, uh, I would get this just for the name. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, uh, these are also two two good beers. Uh, it's 25% of Rogue Old Crustacean Barley Wine, which is very good and very expensive. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's like 15 bucks a bottle. Uh, if it's the one with the, the little swing top uh, lid, I, I've had that a couple times. And then 75% of the Arrogant Bastard, the Stone Brewing Arrogant Bastard, which I love that, that strong L. Uh, so it sounds good. It's too strong. Two strong beers, yeah, so two really big beers. Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be pretty in your face. Yeah, you, you you definitely have a have a good palate to handle that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the old crusty bastard. The next one is the Irishman's delight. That's fifty fifty of Guinness Stout and Murphy's Irish Stout. I never had that. I never had the Irishman's delight. Uh, some uh, a couple blends from New Belgium beers. It's called the Sun Trip. You take the sunshine wheat and the triple, and you mix it 50-50. And it's called a sun trip. It sounds interesting. I don't know. Uh, a wheat beer and a, and a triple, it seems like I, it would end up I'm, ruin, I'm ruining I'm curious both how that. the wheat beer would stand up to the triple. <laughs> yeah. That seems like something the triple would dominate. But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have to try it before I knock it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The other one they have is the mixing the triple and the beer de Mars, which is their farmhouse is that a farmhouse or is it just a belgian beer de mars i think it's it's a farmhouse it's a farmhouse l from from new belgium and 50 50 mixed those two beers 50 50 is called a trip to mars i don't know i have to try those one day just for grins that trip to mars sounds like it'd be really complimenting between those yeah yeah they're pretty yeast driven and uh but i don't think i've ever had the beer de mars so, oh, they have a yeah, they have a whole. Speak to it. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of. Yeah, you know what? I might be thinking of a different beer, but because I'm thinking, you know what? I no, I yeah, the beer to Mars I thought was like they had a whole series of these. I've had a bunch of them. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll try that. Uh, next one, Samuel Adams Cherry Wheat and a Guinness. And so I that'd think, kind of be in the same vein as the uh, Frambois and the uh, Chocolate Stout, just yeah. kind of getting that fruit with the dark. No, yeah, notes. yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I, I, the, the, the Sam Adams cherry wheat is too sweet for me to drink by itself. So again, mixing with a Guinness is is pretty good. There's a, a blend that I really enjoy. I don't see it very often, but at the Brewers Haven where I visit on Fridays quite, you know, quite often, uh, they had a strawberry ale from Salmon River Brewing in McCall. And they also had the Laughing Dog, their, that porter, that uh, Imperial Porter they have, and I just I just lost the name of it. Uh, it's a real it's a real strong Imperial Coffee Porter. They mix those two together, about a quarter or a third of the strawberry and two two thirds of the coffee Imperial. Oh, Anubis. It's called Anubis. Laughing Dog Anubis Coffee Imperial Porter. 
it makes a perfect. The strawberry is just enough that just has that little bit of a of a of sweetness to that huh. that strong porter. Uh, but I can't drink the strawberry by itself. It's too. It's just too much. That one surprises me because strawberry is a really uh, <clears throat> kind of a fragile uh, flavor and mm-hmm. aroma. Like it, it can get overridden just very easily. Yeah. Um, so I'd, yeah. I'd be interested in that one. That's that's surprising. Yeah, yeah. That that strawberry one is very strong. I'm not sure what they use to get the strawberry in it, but it's a it's very sweet and very strong. So that's why mixing with that that uh, porter really mills it out and, and makes a very good blend. I, I I love it. The next one is called the Beauty and the Beast, and this is mixing a 50-50 uh, mix of Guinness Caliber Lager and Milwaukee's Best Light, the Beast. Uh, it's like a poor man's black and tan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is uh, pretty sad. I think I will pass on that one. But yeah, the poor man's black and tan. Uh, the next one is is stone mixing stone smoked porter along with runation stone runation uh, do two thirds runation and one third of the smoked porter that's mm. another mix that might be pretty good although the the stone uh, smoked porter is one of the few smoked beers that I can drink pretty easily I, that's a really good smoked beer uh, the the last one I have here is called the cream of wheat this is a fifty fifty mix of stout and a hefeweizen yeah. I, I never tried that one. That's one I, I should try. So there's our beer blends. And, hey, if you guys have – any of our listeners out there have other beer blends that you've tried, hey, shoot us a little message on Twitter or an email and let us know, and we'll mention them on the show. All right, the next category is beer mixers. And like I mentioned, these are taking a beer and adding some other non-alcoholic addition to it. And the most common – of these that you've probably heard is called the shandy or the classic shandy. And uh, in the beginning of the shandy, it was mixing beer with a non-alcoholic ginger beer, uh, but it has grown to also include lemonade and ginger ale as two other alternatives into the shandy. The lemonade version is refreshing with the tanginess of the lemonade and the pleasure of the beer. Just mix either two-thirds beer and one-third of the other ingredient or you can mix to your taste. Again, there's no hard set rules you have to follow, but typically two-thirds beer, one-third. You don't want to you know, have it too much lemony or too much ginger. It takes away from a little bit of the beer flavor. And again, hey, this beer is this mixer is meant to be drank cold. So if you want, you can add ice to it. And normally you wouldn't add ice to beer, but because you've got lemonade and stuff in there, you can add ice and cool it down. Or you know what? You can... Also add frozen citrus fruits. You know, go ahead and freeze up some oranges or something and throw in there to, to cool it down too. That'll work. And you can experiment with different styles of beer. But you know what? The lagers or lighter ales are the more common beers to use with the with a, a shandy. And I personally, I use all my leftover Boston lagers because those are beers that, that I don't really appreciate drinking plain, but I they make great beers for me to go ahead and mix other things into and, and it's kind of fun so i that's what i do yeah i think a lot of these uh beer mixers can be a, a great uh, gateway for people that either you know don't like the taste of beer mm-hmm. uh or the smell of beer you know because you you can mix in you know some lemonade or some other you know drink that they they may enjoy and that that can help 
cut some of that uh, that beer character, and then you can just slowly uh, back it off to till it's more and more beer, and then they accept it. You know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Well, hey, the shandy is the most common, and you can find shandies even pre-made. Right? Line and Kugels has their oh, they classic. have a whole line of shandies. Yeah, they have a <laughs> bunch of shandies. Uh, again. Take it with a grain of salt because it's going to be not high-quality beer. It's going to taste mostly kind of light, watery-down beer. With Most you're going to taste is the extra stuff they add in. So don't go drinking those expecting to get a beer. You're going to get more of a, you know, more of a beer cocktail. So just keep that in mind. If you mix your own, though, you control the beer you use and the ingredients. So, hey, mix your own if you can. Don't. But you can, if you want to try what it tastes like, you can go ahead and order, uh, you know, get a six pack of of Line and Kugel's Classic Shandy or their Fruit Loop one. They have a bunch of different ones. I call it Fruit Loop, but I think it's called uh, Sunset Sunset Wheat, uh, and it's kind of a fruity fruity one. And they have a bunch like a tangerine or an orange one. They have a bunch of different styles of that. So uh, another variation of this is called uh, a Snake Bite. And this is where you mix beer and cider, a 50-50. And I typically will use my big giant 25-ounce mug, you know, the big old classic uh, Stein mug. I'll pour one one beer in and, and I'll, I'll mix it with cider. And those snake bites go down uh, very, very quickly. And if you're using a 5% cider and a 5% beer and you're drinking 24 ounces of that, uh, guess what? Uh you're going to be getting pretty ripped pretty quick because uh, it it adds up very very quickly and there's been a few 40 cast episodes where I drank uh, three of those 25 ounces on the show and by the time I was done I was feeling pretty damn good so snake bites are, are for the win for sure another one is called the Rattler it's uh, two parts Hefeweizen and one part lemonade or lemon soda. Again, it's a, this is a, a good, uh, and not just snake bite also, it's a good summer, summer type uh, beer, beer mixer. Uh, again, with the snake bite and the rather, you probably don't want to put ice in it. You, you could if you wanted to, but just pour the beers in and just drink it, you know, nice, get a nice frosty beer mug too. This is where you can change the rules up. You don't have to have a, you can, you can have that beer mug in the freezer, get a nice and ice cold. So when you pour those two drinks in it can actually stay cold for you know long enough to drink that 25 ounces or 24 ounces there's uh another mix of that uh, rather is called a german rattler again 50 50 mix of a pilsner or a bavarian hell's lager hellas lager along with lemonade sprite or seven up so now you're just taking a pilsner and you're mixing it lemonade or, or sprite or seven up yeah i saw a lot of that when i was over in in bavaria a uh, couple of summers ago, um, a lot of the locals were were drinking the Rattlers. Uh, I I couldn't bring myself to do it because I was in the land of you know German beer and I needed just the pure straight injection. But uh, uh, they all seemed to really enjoy it, and it it was summertime and you know hot, so I'm sure it just hit the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they do. I mean, they are ver- they're great during during the summertime. That's they're, they're summer drinks, and if you just want to sit out on the patio and get lit up, hey, 
it, it goes pretty quick. <laughs> we also have, hey, if you're a fan of Bloody Marys, there's a beer Bloody Mary. And this is where you mix beer and tomato juice, 50-50. If you want to uh, add a little extra spice to it, you can throw in some a little dash of Tabasco or a dash of Worcestershire sauce to give it a little bit of extra kick. Uh, not my thing. I think Budweiser has their version of it. What do they have that to, tomato toe or to, some kind of yeah, a weird clamato? Clamato. Oh yeah, I guess that's another name for it too. Is clamato right? I guess that would be. It's the same thing, isn't it? Tomato juice and beer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I've never had it, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's another one called the red eye, and this is a shot of tomato juice to any ale or lager. Uh, this is also known as tomato beer. Maybe a Maybe that's the Clamati. Uh, uh, or a Red Rooster. And if you add a splash of Tabasco, the drink becomes a Ruddy Mary. All right. Yeah, kind of mm. same thing as a Bloody Mary, beer Bloody Mary. Uh, there's a beer sting. This is uh, a dark beer porter mixed with orange juice. It's layered in a glass. So, again, pour the hmm. – I guess you would – I don't know what you do. It's, I, would you uh, – would you pour the orange juice in first? That's heavier. And then the beer on top? I don't know. Depends on how much pulp you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it pulpy. Okay. Uh, that's the bee sting. Never had it. I I don't know. It sounds interesting. It's something I got to try. I just hate wasting a good porter on it, though. I wouldn't be wasting. It'd be experimenting. But, you know, a lot of times I have trouble with some of these because I don't I, – I enjoy the beer so much. I don't want to spoil it with a little – you know, something else in it. I want to enjoy it. There's uh, the Broadway. This is popular in Japan. This is where you mix beer and cola or cherry cola. I, I can see that. That might be, it's almost, I would think that might even chase kind of like a, like a Dr. Pepper or something, right? Maybe like a beer pepper, beer Dr. Pepper. There you go. Yeah. And then the last one I'll mention is called the liquid Viagra, also known as a penis stretcher. You have my interests. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is this is a beer, mix of beer with a Red Bull. Wow. All right, never mind. Yeah, right. that's, that's, <laughs> that sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. And uh, that's it. That's the end of our, uh, of our brew buzz. Uh, we just went over some different beer cocktails. And SpongeBobbies, I hope you took down some of these and you give them a shot. And uh, let us know how you like them. All right, we want to mention that in our next episode, episode 11, we are going to be doing another listener beer tasting, and we're going to be doing the New Belgium's Fat Tire Amber L. And this is a beer that I believe that everyone across the nation should be able to find in their store. I know that we had a few people that were unable to find the old Rasputin in their area. I'm very sad that that, that wasn't available in all your guys' locations, but this one, for sure, Almost 100% guaranteed. I, I won't say 100%. I'm 90% guaranteed <laughs> that this is across the nation, and you should be able to find at least one bottle of New Belgian's Fat Tire. So yeah, and that's one of the hardest things for us is finding these beers that are are available, you know, nationwide. So please let us know if we pick a brewery that, you know, you can't get, so we won't pick that again in the future. You know, if, yeah. if there's a lot of people that can't get that beer, so. Uh, do give us feedback on that because uh, it is probably the most difficult part of picking these these beer tastings. True. Yep. I agree. Thank you. 
All right, John. Well, hey, it's coming to the uh, that time of the show where we go ahead and we raise our glasses to uh, our friends and listeners out there. Do you have anyone you want to to raise a glass to? So I I need to uh, cheers my wife, uh, who even though she's you know seven months pregnant and can't drink herself, she has stuck with tradition that she started last year and made me a beer advent calendar. Mm. So every day I have a new beer, and the the merry maker that I'm drinking tonight was today's beer uh, in the advent calendar, and most of them are seasonals, um, and uh, they're all bagged up and numbered for me to to pick each day and stick in the fridge. So uh, just huge shout out to her, and uh, you know leave leave the hints for your wife for next year if you are you know wanting this kind of thing because it's awesome. I know, I know. I, I'm so envious of you, and uh, your wife is is definitely wonderful for doing that. And I, I need to put the hint into my wife to uh, do the same thing for me. And I, and I, I know that there's some companies that actually like put together these advent beer calendars to really, yeah, and they have a limited number, and you have to get your order in like in February or something like that. Some ridiculous time for you to get your your uh, box of beer sent to you in time for for December wow <laughs> uh, but yeah but you know what you, you like you know if you have a loving wife or someone a significant other that that you know knows you enjoy beer they can they can definitely put one of these together uh, it, like I saw pictures of yours John and I like the way she does it she just takes little you know lunch bag uh, paper bags and a little bit of a uh, twine and a and a, a number on there for what day it is. And now it's a surprise to you. You get to open a new one every day and it's very easy, you know, simple to do. The hardest part is to come up with, you get 24 or 25. I get 25. I get one Christmas morning. Okay. So, so 25 beers, that might be the hardest thing is to find 25 beers that mean something to you. And I saw that so far, every beer has been a, a nice special beer too. She hasn't, she hasn't gone uh, cheap on you. Yeah, I think she just went and stood in the uh, like specialty area or seasonal area and just started picking stuff that looked cool or she thought I'd been on a pad before. So, yeah, yes. she hasn't she hasn't let me down yet. These okay. have all been excellent. So you know what you need to you need to put Untapped on her phone so she can search your beer list and make sure that she gets ones that you. She have. she has an Untapped account. She oh. she has she is my friend and she can uh, she can check it out. So okay okay <laughs> awesome awesome. All right. Anything? Any anyone else you want to raise your glass to? Uh, just just all the listeners who send in questions. Thank you all. Uh, very helpful, and we love being able to talk about you know what you want to hear about. So keep Excellent. letting us know. Yes, I agree. I just want to do a big cheers to Ben, who's at Shawnee on Twitter. Harold, who's at Skyfire. David, who is Yo Jimbo two thousand, and Chew Your Beer, TPS Sponge for contributing to our first ever. Listener question only episode. It's all devoted to your questions. Big old cheers to you guys. I also want to toast a possible new listener. Uh, she's here from the Boise area. Her Twitter, uh, I don't know her Twitter, uh, hand, her total handle is Snow Tiger. I don't know the actual at thing. It's a little bit complicated. But hey, Snow Tiger, if you're listening, Give me, give, give me a little shout out on Twitter to say, hey, you heard that we shouted you out. And I hope you enjoyed what you heard. 
Also want to mention Hophead Hardware, place where you can get fine craft beer glasses for drinking your craft beer in. Again, I'm still waiting for my package of of glasses so we can we can go ahead and and review those and let you guys know exactly how they perform, but hey, I've heard that John's had some pretty good experiences with them and not only are they good for beer, but I I saw that you were drinking something else out of the snifter glass. Yeah, I had some bourbon out of the snifter. Oh, yeah. Um and I, I was using my uh pub glass tonight for my my stout. So. Nice. Nice. All right, and I also want to do uh, a big cheers to Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And I also want to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there who are protecting our freedoms. I want you to please uh, come home safely soon to your families. And if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at TapTheCraft or leave comments on the show post on OpenForumRadio.com or Google+. Just search for TapTheCraft. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at LooseScrew, L-U-C-E-S-C-R-E-W, and Google+, at Denny Luce. And John, how can listeners follow you? So on Twitter, I'm at Prime Brewing and Untapped Prime W-A. And uh, I write about my homebrewing exploits at homebrewengineer.com. Excellent. All right. Well, it's last call, and it's time to bring the show to a close. I want to thank all of you for downloading and listening to the show. We hope you were able to find something useful, and we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. We release a show every two weeks. And uh, that's it for this episode. And remember, friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. He ate nothing. Sorry, John. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> this is a rough night for me. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, I, I was just. I thought my connection <laughs> dropped. I was like, no, I'm sitting next to the router. <laughs> I I am having so much trouble focusing. I apologize. I and I know you're tired too. I just want to get through so we don't have. Uh, uh, but it'll be fine. I'll just edit this part out. So let me let me start over with the. Uh, I don't even know where. It, I know. I'll, I'll start with he ate. Okay. All right. He ate nothing and only drank water for a special recipe doppelbock. (laughs) Okay, let me start again. Um, Bon Appetit magazine also suggests, hey, if you're going to do this, uh, try drinking a stout because uh, the stout, using a stout during the detoxing detoxing, uh, purposes because it bell- <laughs> I'm not having a good time today. Was that boast and healthy at the same time? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't wait to say flavonoids. Oh, uh, I know. Looking forward to uh, <laughs> yeah.
Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com. Links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and... Uh, Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. Alright folks, take it easy. Have a good day.